Hi everyone and welcome back to my podcast with another impromptu unplanned podcast. I'm filming this on Bluetooth while I'm driving because I like talking while I'm driving because I have driving anxiety. Don't worry, it's hands-free and safe, but it also means that my audio is probably a whole lot shittier than most other podcasters, so I apologize, but if you're here, you must be willing to tough it out and thank you for that. Um, I'm still debating whether or not I'll actually end up posting this one, so we'll see if this one goes live or not. I just wanted to talk about it while I had the topic in my mind and felt like it because I was just going through um, some old posts and stuff recently and looking at stuff of George while I made a tribute video for him. and. Yeah, so it brought back some memories and stuff, so I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that because I think that there are some things in that that really play into a lot of the stuff I've been talking about in my like recent YouTube videos or on my TikTok and just on my page in general because it kind of just covers a lot of different things like with what went on with him and stuff following and we're coming up on almost two years um, since he died. Uh, he passed away on um, February 12th of 2020, so we're almost at two years, and <clears throat> yeah, sorry, I'm trying not to cry. Um, yeah, and anyways, I, I was just thinking as I was like editing the videos and kind of going through some old clips of him, I was uh, thinking how... It's been almost two years and I haven't really like had a whole lot of time to process it and I've gone through like his videos and stuff like a very very minimal amount of times or just cursory type of thing um, like when I have to for like a tribute video or something else like the first one I did before him shortly after he died um, but um, I was thinking about that, and yeah, like, I, I've had time to process certain things about it, but also not really much, and I kind of wanted to talk about, like, social media's influence on that, and just kind of the whole story surrounding his death and stuff, and just talk about some parts of it that I wasn't ready to talk about earlier on, and just share some stuff that I think is important for people on social media to consider, because... Um, losing, like, an animal or a person or anything that you care about is shitty on a good day, let alone when you have thousands and thousands of people on social media watching and judging your decisions and even going so far as to weigh in on them in the public eye where they know you will see them. And I wanted to talk a bit about that because I think that was a huge part why I chose to repress a lot of my emotions and just kind of get through it where I could. Um, and not really try to think much about it after that and really properly handle it. Like, what I will say is that because, like, I just had this really sick feeling in my stomach that winter before he died, like, even before he started showing any signs of having any problems, I had a really, like, a knot in my stomach and a bad feeling, and the closer it got to that time, the worse it got with me, like, at the beginning-ish of January, seriously thinking that, like, George was going to die in the near future and just being, like, certain of it. And if you ask anyone in my life about this that I was talking to during this time, they can confirm that for you. And it was just, like, this persisting anxiety that I had 
but the problem with that is, like, first of all, I wouldn't say I'm, like, a clairvoyant person, like, maybe I have some intuitions, and this was a chance, this was a time where it actually ended up being correct, but I'm a very anxious person, and I'll get things like this, and feelings like this, about a lot of different things, about worrying about bad things happening to people or animals that I care about, and if I think about it too much, I completely spiral, and this was one of the times where I started spiraling, but it was, like, in a different way, where I just actually genuinely believed that these feelings were true and warranted and just had this terrible feeling about what was going to happen. And the problem is, like, it was just a feeling. So when he started to have problems that we were looking into during this time, which initially just started out with, like, foot soreness and we thought he was abscessing because this time of the year is, like, a really wet time of year in my location and we just pulled all of his shoes a couple months prior so that's kind of what we started looking at first and then he started to get neurological symptoms pretty quickly before he took a nosedive and this just like worsened my persisting feeling of something terrible happening but again the thing that I want to stress because like even before we had to put him down and stuff there's people who were weighing in on when, like, when I was going to do that and saying that I waited too long and saying that I was being cruel and selfish to the horse and so on and so forth. And even with the gut feeling that I have, I don't think that my decision was selfish at all. And I want to put that out there because what I want to reiterate for people who haven't had to deal with this, or maybe they have dealt with it, but not with other people weighing in and actively trying to get involved in their decision you don't know what the right answer is when you're making that decision for such a young animal. Like a four-year-old horse who suddenly gets neurological symptoms out of nowhere and who you would pretty immediately get on it with the vet and start doing like full lameness workups before they're clear neurological signs and are just soundness ones. So we were checking for like abscesses, did full weight lameness workups up both back legs and all that jazz. And this is the thing, like, he's a four-year-old horse. Despite my gut feeling and my feeling of, like, something bad going to happen, that's all I had. And knowing I'm an anxious person, I was caught between the rock and the hard place of jumping the gun too early and deciding to put him down and then finding out in the necropsy, which I definitely would have done regardless, that he would have been savable. And can you imagine being in that position where you make a permanent decision regarding a young horse that you care about and then you realize after that it was something that you could have fixed and that they would have recovered fine for to at least be pasture sound which honestly um it like that was our primary goal it was never like oh we're gonna get him back into being a show horse it's like okay cool if we can make him pasture sound and he can raise like Banksy and just be a companion horse great but he needs to be safe in the pasture and that was the only goal but I wanted to bring that piece up because like from the outside people could look at the very limited footage that I shared or the very limited stuff that I shared because even if it seemed like I was sharing a lot for what someone would share it's not a full detailed account because when you're dealing with stuff like that in your real life it is exhausting emotionally and physically and it's heartbreaking and I'm not gonna go and dump all of the contents in, of my life and all of my concerns anxieties worries and stressors on social media to strangers especially when those strangers are judging my decisions and accusing me of wanting to like 
basically torture my horse in his dying moments. But I wanted to bring that up because I know some of the people that were judging were probably trying to come from a good place where they're like concerned about him, which is fair, I guess. But from the outside, like it's way too easy of a decision to make. And I felt like I, like I want to bring that up as one of the most core parts of like this experience that was traumatic for me is like being caught in between that rock and the hard place, not knowing exactly what's wrong with the animal, knowing that it could be something that is treatable that he could come back from and easily be pasture sound, and also worrying about whether like whether or not we would be able to make enough of a difference in his health soon enough for it to not be a problem because with neurological issues obviously with a horse they run the risk of like falling down and stuff um and like that's a very hard decision to make if he was an older horse it could have been easier because we could have gone he's already lived a really nice full life but this was a forthcoming five-year-old horse that we're talking about and that's such a hard position to be in because I was paralyzed by the fear of calling the decision as early as I felt in my soul that I could have, which would have been in January. But then if I did it and it ended up being something that we could have treated, like with the EPM, then I would have euthanized a horse that could have been saved and I would have to deal with that guilt for my whole life. So it's a lose-lose situation because you could deal with the guilt of waiting too long or you could deal with the guilt of jumping the gun, calling it too early, and finding out it was something completely different than what you thought, and that the horse would have been fine. So what we did was do the lameness workup before he looked neurological, and at that point there was no reason to think he was neurological. We weren't even considering a neurological problem at that point because his symptoms were such that it just looked like foot soreness behind and like stiffness in the hind end so we did a full lameness workup and blocked him and the blocks were relatively inconclusive like the blocking of one leg made him significantly better but not completely and we couldn't find a block that would make him completely better so brought him home and like started kind of just treating him for ulcers and we we waited to see if like any inflammation coming down would help we pulled blood to check um, and then we started running neurological tests and considering the potential of wobblers first because of the fast onset and George very much fit the type for wobblers which is large um, young horses usually between like the ages of two and four that have long necks and are tall and have grown fast which he fit he checked all the boxes for that and it's also more common in thoroughbreds and warm bloods than it is in other breeds so that's kind of what we were looking into first and if it was wobblers it was a situation where like he would most likely need to be euthanized and there is nothing we can do about it and you can't really x-ray that part of their neck properly you have to do like a bone scan to see it um so that was impractical because in order for him to get a bone scan i would have had to ship him down to seattle which is three hour drive and he was not in a condition where it would make any fair sense to ship him that far um so with the wobblers we kind of we started him on decks while we waited for the blood to come back to see if he had any exposure to epm which isn't as common in my area like for people who live in the midwest they would be jumping and frothing at the mouth about this being epm right away which is fair um, but it came on extremely suddenly and it's less common here and we have less cases so we started with the wobblers because of the sudden onset because he'd just gone through a growth spurt um and 
then we while we waited for his blood to come back because for the epm test we had to send the blood all the way to california because there weren't labs locally to me that test it which is probably also related to the fact that we have a much lower instance of epm in the area so it's a test that takes more time to get back and the epm treatment of murky is like fifteen hundred dollars canadian a month or like twelve hundred dollars canadian it's not cheap it was like basically a thousand dollars so we wanted to first of all make sure that that's what he had before we start treating him with an aggressive medicine and also be mindful of the expense because if it was something that was fixable by surgery and I put a thousand dollars into like a treatment that he doesn't need it would have been a problem plus at this point he was neurological but he was stable he wasn't falling down he could lay down and get back up he just was not right and there was clearly a problem that we did not want to get worse to the point where he would be falling down so during this whole time I was giving him Dex to help keep any swelling at bay because if it was something like EPM it could help keep spinal swelling down and help keep him more comfortable. And then when we did get the blood back and it showed possible exposure of EPM, we just started treating him right away with the marquee because there is no point in taking a spinal tap on this horse with how neurologically he already was, especially if the blood showed chance of exposure to EPM. So we started him on the marquee and I only had him on marquee for about like seven to nine days before he just tanked one day and I got a call while I was like out for dinner for Valentine's Day like an early dinner um, with my now ex-boyfriend and it was my mom saying that like we had to go out there now because he was like he, he wasn't able to get up um, and I just checked on him that afternoon and he was up and he was grazing and he was okay and I just given his him his marquee for that day and there's like even a photo that I took and posted on Banksy's Instagram page on that day because they were just both chilling and hanging out but he tanked and went downhill and it was to the point that like when I got there there was like even noticeable swelling um, in his skull like brain swelling and that was one of the things that came up in his necropsy too um, and the necropsy was like largely inconclusive from the standpoint of like he did not test positive for having any uh, EPM of like the EPM parasite in his tissues so but but he had tissue damage that was consistent with something like EPM so like the best guess was that it was like a protozoa similar to the EPM parasite but one that's not been tested or something like that but it was like inconclusive from that standpoint and he had like significant brain swelling and some other issues so it was disappointing from the standpoint of like it didn't come back with something that's like this is definitely what happened and this is why it happened so quickly and aggressively um, which was really really disappointing but um, the reason why I wanted to bring up his necropsy and stuff is that like honestly part of the reason why I share like all the posts that I do and like talk about like bad training and like mistakes that people make with their horses not because they want to harm their horses intentionally but because we're taught like incorrect methods and problematic ways of reading horse behavior and stuff and then we end up making mistakes with our horses that are harmful to the horses and lessen their quality of life and the reason why I've gotten so passionate about bringing this stuff up is because with a horse like Milo first of all I'm well aware of the fact that Milo could very easily end up in a bad situation because of the type of horse he is and he's the type of horse people would say is disrespectful and needs to learn respect and would try to justify roughing around similarly there's horses like George who honestly from day one like he 
was a lot of work from a medical standpoint. He had a lot of problems that generally speaking seemed to arise out of nowhere like he'd show no signs of other stuff he could pass vet exams and he'd look good and then all of a sudden he'd have an issue and then he wouldn't vet like the next week and then that's when we found like his chips and stuff the first time and then of course all the other stuff with like his rehab his surgery didn't go properly but that wasn't his fault they broke a screw when they were trying to fix down one of his slab fractures and then there's pieces of screw inside of him that they had to suture back up and then put him back under the next day because they didn't have the right tools to take out the small screws that they were using so the poor guy had to get put under twice and like he just had so many problems from day one and the reason why I bring up the necropsy is because a lot of the stuff I talk about online is about like looking for the source of a behavioral issue and like trying to look for the reason behind it and a lot of horses have pain um, and that's why they'll be acting out but then there's a significant portion of horses that won't really have any negative behavioral problems or any stall vices and stuff and can tolerate stress very well which is exactly what George was like because he never developed any stall vices he was always lovely to handle at track he was never mean or aggressive when he was stalled whether he was stalled or paddocked or anything like he was always a very nice easy horse to handle and even for galloping he was like easily one of the most balanced and soundest horses that I have ever galloped and you wouldn't have thought that there was like anything wrong with him let alone the degree of injuries he had coming off of the track and then with the rehab and whatnot and his rehab took much much longer than what we were initially quoted on um like we were told it would kind of be like an in and out like easy procedure that the bone typically heals nice and fast and it's easier than soft tissue and that like with the screws fixing them down properly the bone would seal and his chips would heal much faster but it did not happen that way. Like we were quoted like three months rest and then like within like eight weeks he'd be starting rehab. That didn't really happen. Like I started walking him in hand. Sorry, I had a call come through and it cut this off so I don't remember exactly what I was saying there and I don't really have the energy to go back. But basically his rehab and like predicted time off was not what we were initially quoted. Um, and like honestly the mistake during surgery with the screw breaking caused a lot of grief and it made his healing process a lot worse. And that's like one of the regrets that I have regarding his surgery too because I don't think it was fair to him to have to have been put under like general anesthesia twice especially with the risk that they run when they're getting up and down both times and the second time that he was put under he must have like slipped or something getting up because he did have um an abrasion on his right eye and on the side of his face like he bonked his head and then some on his legs so i was really upset about that um and I, don't, I didn't feel that was fair to him and then also yeah like the rehab was kind of like the, the the degree of his injuries and the length and time that they would take to heal especially following a surgery that had a mistake like that it was kind of downplayed in my opinion like maybe I'm just salty now who knows but um I don't feel like we were necessarily um told the complete truth um, by the surgeons in terms of like how his rehab program would have changed following the screw breaking and all that jazz um, so yeah it took longer and I wasn't really happy with um, how he came out of surgery following the screw 
um, and like how yeah how it limited him and how much longer he needed to be stalled for and stuff so all that stuff was upsetting and then like he started to look good we got the clear to go back into work like walk trot and then walk trot canter and I was just doing a lot of flat work with him the vet had initially said he could start going back into schooling over fences by like April like the surgeon did I thought that was soon and I was like no so we didn't even start jumping until I think almost like June he might have gone over a cross trail end of May but June or July and I was still mostly doing flat work like he was so brave and bold defenses that I didn't really jump him much because we were just doing flat work and all of his rehab work and going for hacks and stuff and honestly like because of all the time we lost from um the extra time off that he needed to heal the slab fracture that wasn't properly sealed because of the screw head breaking off um it meant that like he wasn't at all where I would want a horse to be to take them that far to go show like he since he's such a level-headed horse who wasn't very spooky or bulky at shows it was like something where you could get away with it without them having a meltdown but when we rolled around until like august september ish i wasn't feeling good about going and i didn't want to go and it wasn't because i thought that like physically he couldn't do like the the dressage and like the two three or two six or whatever it was for the jumping but it was just like i don't want to go to kentucky to do this and i felt kind of trapped to be quite honest because since we did fundraise and I did like a pub night fundraiser for um um for my flights to Kentucky where we kind of had like silent auctions and a lot of like my friends and sponsors and like family members and stuff donated stuff to the silent auction and it funded a lot of like my flight and um hotel in Kentucky with what like my friends and family helped with and then of course with people helping with George's surgery since it was like an unexpected thing that came up after he'd previously passed a vet check which he shouldn't have been able to pass with slab fractures even though we didn't image which was foolish and I will readily admit that like he's the most expensive mistake that I've made but I won't say he's a mistake from like what I've learned through having him but when you look at it through what he cost and how many problems there were it was a mistake in terms of like the trust that we put into the initial vet check anyways but I don't regret getting him I want to make that clear um but yeah, I, I didn't want to go, but I felt obligated to go, and I had this, like, paralyzing fear about, like, people thinking that I scammed them, like, if I did decide to scratch and not go, and then, like, because people had already given me such a hard time this entire time for even doing my pub night fundraiser with my friends, I had people all over Twitter hounding me for um, doing that and saying that if I wanted to do something like the makeover I should just be doing it myself and not fundraising which again like even two years later I beg to differ with because I would fucking go and donate to like my nephew's soccer team if they were going somewhere you know like or friends teams team adventures and stuff and like funding a soccer team or a hockey team or football and so on and so forth to go to a, a certain trip or a tournament is a lot cheaper per person than any equestrian is experiencing given the cost of transporting horses and just the general nature of our sport so 
we're okay with funding those team sports and when they do fundraisers because it's much more common to do but then people dog each other in the horse world for hosting these things that literally only ask for the presence of people who make the express choice to go to but anyways people had given me such a hard time about that that I like had paralyzing anxiety about um ever like having to say like okay like I don't know like I I don't know if I can do this because I was like panicking and like this and that and anyways like it rolled around and I was just like okay like whatever he's gonna be green compared to all the other horses who've had this preparation but like we'll go and um it'll be like fine like we weren't going there to win I wanted to basically take him there to be like the mascot to show that like horses who retire from the track with problems can still be nice horses for people and that like honestly generally speaking for like the average rider who's not looking to go to the olympics there's a lot of horses who have injuries like what george had or like exact same ones that would be totally fine to go on to become like a junior amateur horse at like the mid levels um with him like his issue was more so the fact that he developed the neurological issues after like his actual injuries from like the like prior to the surgery and then like healing from the surgery were all the type of injury that like it wouldn't have prevented him from being a sport horse it was the neurological problems that killed him and ultimately made him unable to continue a nice sound life so yeah so that was one of the things where it was really really hard for me because I just felt like I was under so much pressure from social media and honestly this is like a large part of the reason why I've really started to like cut back from what I'm posting and sharing and like not wanting to share much about my client horses and stuff until recently because I didn't want to involve my clients in the type of like abuse and like kind of like Uh, people inserting themselves into my life basically I didn't want my client horses to be subjected to that um because people can just be so difficult and unkind and like a lot of that was made so much worse through having George and dealing with all this other stuff because people were just constantly like from day one with him with the the chip surgery and everything they were just constantly involving themselves and just looking for reasons to be unkind and it was really really uncomfortable and it just it like the whole time it set me up to just not have any confidence about it and just have a whole lot of guilt and this isn't to blame like everyone else for that because obviously like I made the decision to get him and it was a poor decision to pursue him as a horse for a training project like that especially because of my geographical location with the amount of time we'd have to put in and the amount of money we'd have to put into getting him right because he was just way more problematic than I thought that he would be especially after riding him for the season like I did and seeing how sound he was and like his legs were meticulous like I've seen horses with way uglier legs that would shockingly x-ray much more sound than him so anyways like there were there like I I was naive and I made some ignorant decisions but basically what I'm saying is that like I don't like I like I have I loved that horse he was like the most honest and kind horse and like one of the easiest horses to train 
but like I also have a lot of trauma associated with owning him because out of all of my horses I would say he's probably the one where people got the most involved in like almost every aspect of his being um even more so than Banksy with Banksy's nuts but like with George like people just would weigh in like they knew everything that was going on and then when he really tanked health-wise it got even worse like it got to the point where I even had people who had, like, I don't know if it was the same person with, like, three different fake accounts, but they were all burner accounts with, like, no followers that were anonymous that people had clearly made to exactly behave like this without meeting any repercussions. Um, but, like, leading up to his death and then afterwards, like, um, my friend Danny Weeks, uh, who has, like, she's a very good artist, um, when she found out about how much his vet bills were adding up when he started to get really sick and neurological, she did this, um, art thing where she'd sell these, like, your horse here drawings that she did for people for five dollars, and then she donated the proceeds to me, and people even took issue with that despite the fact that it was, like, my friend who had approached me to offer this. I didn't ask her for anything, I didn't expect her for anything, but people blamed me for this and started using it as a reason of, like, oh, you should have this horse if you can't afford him and it wasn't even like not being able to afford him like during this time we were also dealing with a lot of horrible family stuff that isn't my place to disclose but it was financially taxing and also mentally and emotionally taxing and there was just a lot of shit going on and stuff was piling up so Danny being a really nice generous and lovely friend that she is decided to do this for me and people still had an issue with this and were just berating me all over Twitter and other platforms and just being cruel and it made it so much harder to deal with all this other stuff and then unfortunately he died and since Danny had funded and like donated like a few hundred dollars to me I donated George's marquee to someone else locally whose elderly horse happened to contract EPM because he only ever got through like one week of it so I basically had like a full course of treatment of Marquis that I donated because I didn't pay for it fully out of my own pocket even though I did like I don't I don't know where the misconception ever came from that I was just funding like George's entire life to everyone I wasn't like we didn't even put a fucking dent into the money that I put into that horses um like the like he didn't even have his full chip surgery funded and I'm not even saying like this isn't to be like, oh, people didn't give me enough. What I'm just saying that, like, people thinking that I don't pay for my own shit are so far off base, man. Like, I funded the vast majority of his chip surgery and, re and rehab, and we were really lucky that I had some really generous followers and people do stuff to help me out and it helped offset about like 12 to $1,600 of his chip surgery costs which would have covered like the initial x-rays and then part of the surgery and anesthesia but not any of the other stuff like it was expensive it's probably about a four thousand dollar surgery once all was said and done following like all of the x-rays we had to do during his rehab and whatnot and then like for his neuro issues like I don't even know how they piled up like in those months because I wasn't looking at my vet bills because it was depressing and I certainly wasn't reading them closely I was just paying them um but when I got like my my 
stub from the vet at the end of that year just for him like the year he died um and then like just before that like I put 12 grand in vet bills into that horse like with like eight of that being what we were doing for all the diagnostics when he started to go neurological and then the other parts being like medications and stuff and just like keeping up on routine stuff because I liked re-imaging his legs and stuff um, since he'd come out of, like, a rehab thing following racing and making sure that he was doing okay, you know, like, we put a lot of money into trying to make sure that he was happy, comfortable, and also trying to get to the bottom of what was going on with him when he started to go off, um, so, and, like, that money was all mine that I put into him, and like I said, it wasn't a good business decision to put, like, from a business perspective of, like, trying to make money and further my career as a horse person, it was a poor business decision to do, but we liked the horse, we loved the horse, and we wanted to keep doing what we could to make him better, so it was made more as an emotional decision than anything else, and, like, it was a poor business decision and I would like I'm so lucky to have friends that supported me in the way that they do because they made it less stressful for me overall um but in then people also would insert themselves the more help that I seem to be getting um even like after he died like about like two days after he died there's this like account on Twitter like one of those accounts that's like kind of like the billionaire type sugar daddy account where they claim that they give away free money so a lot of these accounts are total bullshit but apparently this dude is legit and he said he was giving away like money to people who needed it so I commented and I said that like like because it was just like comment here and if, if if you or someone you know could use some funds and I just said like oh like that I had a horse who passed away and had lots of medical bills and then I mentioned that my mom was having some issues and that like my mom brother and my nephew and my brother's fiance could use some support and then this like unleashed an entire like vitriolic thread of people just saying that I'm like selfish and that like I need to cover my horse's expenses myself and I shouldn't be asking for handouts and that there's like other people who are more needy which like again like it's true there's obvious there's always going to be people more needy than me but that doesn't take away from my own personal struggles and if no one can ever ask for help just because there's people more needy than them then literally none of us can unless you're one of the most like in like a war-torn poverty-stricken country you know like those are people who are suffering with not even having like the absolute bare minimum basics anyone who lives here and even has access to social media in the first place you could argue is doing a lot better than a lot of people on this planet and I get that but like again this is like a guy who's a fucking billionaire and is only giving out like a hundred dollars to a thousand dollars when he puts up these things and he's getting followers in return but instead of dogging that dude they came after me because they were on again like these people were just looking for reasons to try to hunt me down and make me feel small and it was horrible like the the thread went as far as these people to say that I killed George and that it was my fault that he died because I chose to take him to Kentucky and that he probably contracted EPM there despite the fact that we still to this day do not know for sure what it was because the marquee didn't alleviate his symptoms at all really um 
anyways, yeah, they blamed his death on me, which, again, like, at any point would have sucked, but when the animal has just passed away in the days prior, it's especially shitty to do that to someone and to blame their animal's death on them when they do everything that they can to save them. And honestly, I would even go as far to use this in situations where you could say, like, okay, like, technically you killed your horse because of these obscure things that you could have changed now that you have 2020 hindsight and it's like okay like if I'd known that George would have gotten a neurological issue definitively from Kentucky which again still today I don't but if I'd known the outcome of what has happened would I have gone to Kentucky fuck no I wouldn't have no obviously not and Again, hindsight is twenty twenty, and sometimes you make mistakes that can have bad outcomes, but I wouldn't even say this is a mistake from the standpoint of it being something where we did it, like, knowing it would have this health deficit to him. No, there is no sign that this would ever happen, and a lot of people travel all over the world competing their horses. Like, honestly, like, the, the upper-level five-star event riders are at Kentucky, like, for the Kentucky three-day event every year, and then they'll fly to, like, UK and all over Hell's Half Acre to compete their horses, and it's something people do, and when those people do it, it's acceptable, but when someone who people have decided they don't like for whatever reason does it, it's used as a reason to hurt that person, and this is the type of thing that I dealt with for weeks and even months following his death. Like, there was numerous comments from several different people, and it's this group of people who are definitely all kind of friends with each other and probably have a little bit of a hate parade going on for me, but it was, like, months where, like, this was, like, just people looking, seeking out to be malicious, because I guarantee you it wasn't that they gave a fuck about George, because when stuff was going wrong with him, none of these people ever reached out to me to be like hey have like I've dealt with something similar have you considered these things and did it in a nice way never like that um even people who suggested that it could be EPM would do it in a really nasty way I had some people on Instagram when I posted a video of him they're like oh he's super neurological he definitely has EPM you should start treating him right now and then they'd be like oh you idiot you didn't even listen to commenters on the post and it's like no I didn't because I was listening to my vet who at that point had already pulled blood to be testing for EPM, which we were waiting for. We're not going to just start treating a horse based off of an Instagram commenters. But these were all things that people took upon themselves to insert themselves into this issue. And it's the reason why I wanted to talk about it is that to me, it very much comes off as like, I don't want this to come off the wrong way, like, but, like, what the tabloids do to celebrities where it becomes, like, this game to guess what's going on with them, like, even when they're clearly dealing with, like, a very horrible family issue or a mental health issue or some other health problem that may not be diagnosed or expressly said to the media, but where people are looking, like, sick, haggard, tired, so on and so forth, and it becomes this game to try to label what's wrong with them or game to try to place blame. People did it to Demi Lovato. They did it to Chadwick Bozeman, I think was his last, Bozeman last name, when he was sick with cancer. He hadn't told people he was sick with cancer, but he looked sick. And people would put him in the media making fun of how he looked and asking why he looked bad when the man was fighting cancer. And 
this goes in a lot like it happens to a lot of people who have presence online and i'm not trying to elevate myself to the level of those people because obviously my horse being sick and dying is nowhere near the level of someone dying of cancer themselves or anything but what i'm trying to say is that there's this phenomenon of people who treat people who are like influencers actors or just present on social media like they're caricatures and they're not real people and it becomes this game to try to find out what's going on with them or to make fun of their misfortunes or to lay blame for their misfortunes and just try to make people feel shitty and it's this game that people play pretty much guaranteed until something bad happens because i can honestly like i would bet hundreds of dollars the vast majority of people who were once poking fun at people who had known mental health issues or no or known health issues like once they find out that they have those issues they're not gonna as boldly make jokes about the person and stand by that because they'd get taken to task by people online and yeah it's like this dehumanization of people and then it robs the people you're dehumanizing of the opportunity to properly grieve and like deal with their emotions because they're having to go into like fight or flight mode and defense mode um from what other people are doing and it's really really hard and it's not something i'd want anyone else to go through and honestly like the reason why i'm making this podcast is to not for make not for making people feel sorry for me but i don't want people to do this type of shit to any other person because they don't deserve it especially in circumstances where they're actively trying to get to the bottom of what's going on with the horse if i'd never call in the vet and i was trying to do my own vet care for lengthy periods of time throughout George's downfall people would have a point because I would have neglected a need by not contacting a veterinary professional but we were actively working alongside vets and whether or not people agree with what my vets personally did or the choices that we made that's fine if you disagree with them but you'd also be looking at it from the standpoint of someone who might have gone through something similar or who has a vet who already has a different outlook and therefore you have a different way of looking at it if you're in the dark with what's going on with your horse and have like the full story in terms of seeing the horse in person and looking with your vet i highly doubt most owners who consider themselves responsible would defer to people online who are talking to them in a derogatory way and just being mean-spirited and even in cases they're not if someone without a vet degree is giving you advice on what you should do with your horse who is actively failing are you really likely to defer to what that person says over your vet at most you might bring up a comment you saw and mention it to your vet, which I did, and see what they think. But is it really going to change what you're doing, especially when the animal needs, like, care now and needs to be looked at now? Like, you could keep going and trying to talk to other vets or specialists or seeking out secondary opinions, but then that prolongs the amount of time that the animal is getting, it, like, has to wait to get treatment anyways. And... It also means, like, we, like, again, we were limited on what we could do because I couldn't send him anywhere. If I could ha have hauled him somewhere, we could have gone down to a lot of, like, intense vet centers in the U.S. and taken him where there would have been a lot of people on hand to potentially help with that. And we were limited in doing that because of how he wasn't, it wouldn't have been fair to him to haul him anywhere and it wouldn't have been safe. Um... And, like, there's a huge difference between asking a horse to haul and just asking them to live in, like, a paddock and a shelter. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't so unbalanced that it was, like, unfair to him or 
deliberately unsafe to him to continue living and waiting while we continued doing diagnostics but putting him on a trailer would have been so cruel and unfair because even when horses aren't neurological on a good day like a trailer is still a scary experience let alone a lengthy trailer ride like that but if they're lacking balance and having neurological struggles, it's even harder on them. And that's why we didn't make the decision to do that where you could get further diagnostics um, from people who do like the more specialized cases. He wasn't a candidate for that because we couldn't get him down there. And um, by the time he started showing any symptoms, we had like a matter of days and weeks before he continued to kind of just get worse like it happened very very quickly like all of this happened within like three to four weeks um from the time he started having any symptoms to when he had to get put down and like it was fast um and he'd like he, for, he, there'd be times where he'd appear stable and would be doing all right for like weeks at a time and then all of a sudden like when it got worse it was like it happened all at once so it was like an impossible situation to be in that I honestly don't wish on anyone because it sucks it was traumatic it's not something I'd want any horse to go through or any horse owner who cares about their horse because it sucked but I wanted to bring it up from this lens because there's a lot of people who lose horses online and I see a lot of like horrible horrible things that happen and um like there's certain situations where people are generally understanding and don't want to lay blame and are just like my condolences and leave it like that but there are a lot of instances where people will either see seek to place blame and be like oh well if you didn't compete your horse this never would have happened or they'll ask invasive questions like oh how did they die um and i get being curious but again it's not your place and if the person chooses not to share specifics it's because they didn't want to and honestly like even prior to his death i feel like i was pretty upfront and honest more so than a lot of people would have been and it did set me up for more judgment and a lot of the hurt that i experienced in the weeks to follow but i don't regret being honest about what's going on because it was it was what was happening and with that said like being honest and sharing like that george was struggling doesn't mean that i have to share every last detail of what I'm doing in order for people to like believe or trust what I'm doing what's best for him you shouldn't have to do that if people were really concerned they could have mentioned messaged me privately and asked themselves which none of these people did um they just chose to judge from a face value and honestly to this day it's still hurtful and it's still something that I feel sad about because if I hadn't shared as much about it on social media and if I'd kept to myself during this whole time that he was sick I would have probably had a better chance to grieve and really um like sit with the gravity of the loss that I experienced and actually do justice in tri like his tribute and like I don't know like um I don't know just like sitting with his memory and dealing with the loss because like even to this day it still feels kind of weird to admit the fact that he's dead and I know that whether or not I sat with the loss or not that still could have been a thing but I think I would have been better off today if I hadn't kind of had to push away all of those emotions and put on a brave face and just continue working and doing my thing without trying to show that how hurt I was and while trying to ignore all of these people who were actively trying to hurt me more 
for months following his death it made it way harder and I like I do have some regret and how much I shared about him being sick and sharing the videos of where he was neurologic because it made people feel entitled to the information that I gave and it made them feel like they had enough of an insight to really lay in an opinion on what we should have done or whether or not it was fair to him and then they would do so with like the implication that they had his best interests at heart more than the people who had to see him every day and see like him go from this happy horse who would be running around and like having fun to this horse who is still happy but whose body was betraying him and actively failing him at just four years old and for us who had to see him every day like myself my mom Janae um my farrier Linda who was helping feed and take care of him while he was sick for those of us that had to deal with it in person it was really hard to see especially when um we had to come to terms with the fact eventually that like what we were trying to do to save him didn't work and then ultimately make the decision to say goodbye for those of us who were actually there it was a lot harder and I guarantee you that if you were there watching this happen like we were no one could really have said that like we didn't care about the horse because there was no benefit to keeping him alive at all if we didn't think that there was a chance of him getting better and the only reason we pursued treatment and handled things the way that we did was because we thought that there was a chance that we could at least get him past or sound even if we couldn't completely reserve reverse the neurological effects and honestly like there's horses who've shown more neurological deficits than him from epm that have experienced treatment and come back enough to at minimum be a pasture pet but in some cases still be a riding horse and like those cases were why we thought that he had a chance if it was epm and he didn't and it was horrible going there the day that we had to euthanize him was horrible when I got the phone call at that point, like since I wasn't in like the area where he was and it was about a 20 minute drive, I told my mom, I was like, if the vet gets there before me, just euthanize him right there. It's not fair to make him wait for me to get there. And yeah, for me, it might be harder to not actually get to say a proper goodbye, but it would also be harder for me to think about him having to wait any longer than he needed to. And it was hard enough as it was. And I, I did get there in time. Like, I got there. I pulled in pretty much right after the vet. She'd given him... Um, she'd given him some, like, sedation just to help keep him calm before they would give, like, the lethal injection um, to euthanize. Um, so he was, like, quieter, but it was horrible. It was so hard. And... I don't want anyone else who's been in a similar position to I have been to feel like they're alone and how people can be cruel online and how people, even in person around the farm and stuff, people might do this. People you ride with, they can judge you for your decisions, but if they're not there and they've not dealt with it, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know how hard it was and to like suggest that the average horse person would selfishly keep their horse alive for their own benefit when they're literally just trying to get them stable to be a pasture pet so they can live out their very young life for the rest of their life just being a pasture horse hanging out with friends to suggest that that's done selfishly is just so far off base and to suggest that someone on the outside understands it more and could have made a better decision 
is so far off base. It sucked. It was devastating. I felt guilty enough as it was because I had all of these anxieties leading up to his death about him dying and this pervasive feeling that he wasn't going to survive, but I couldn't make a life-ending decision off of a feeling that I had, a gut feeling that I had, especially for such a young horse, and especially when people like my mom wanted to give him a chance and when my vet said that there was a chance. So then when I had to go there and be with him, and find out, find out the fact that, like, when he was down, that bank seat was, that stayed by his side till the end. And that when we finally had to move Banksy away before we gave him the lethal injection, that Banksy called to him. And he called back while he was still down. It was horrible. <laughs> And it felt so bad because Banksy knew that he knew that his friend was dying. And it, it was so hard to hear about that and to hear that until the vet got there and until my mom got there because we initially got the call from one of the tenants that lived on the property that George was down and he didn't look like he was getting back up and that Banksy was standing with him and like he waited with him until my mom got there and then like stayed with by his side even though it was like the rainy season and it was raining and Banksy was waiting with him in the rain without his food and stood by his side until everything and we got there and I feel guilty because I never would have I never would have wanted his last moments to be like that and I feel really regretful of the fact that I didn't euthanize him sooner, but also that's with knowing what happened now. I don't regret the position I was in because if I had made the decision, there would have been a chance that we would have found out afterwards the necropsy that there was something we could have done. So at least the necropsy from the standpoint of learning that there was like nothing we could have done and that the damage was such that like the only option was what we did like that made the decision easier but if I had made it without like too early I could have found out that there is something more that we could have done and then I would have had to live with that the rest of my life too so while I understand that like people don't like seeing horses suffer and that people who might have experienced something similar with their horse that had that ended a similar way could look at that and go this is stupid they should have euthanized him sooner it, it's like an impossible dis situation to be in and honestly I don't think anyone on this planet unless they've gone through it can even fathom what it's like let alone someone trying to fathom what it's like dealing with these things when you have like 80,000 followers a decent portion of which felt so compelled to involve themselves in it maliciously I don't know how any I don't think anyone can even remotely comprehend what it's like dealing with such a hard loss as is let alone when you're having other people that are going out of their way to try to make it harder for you and again I had other family stuff that was going on that's like not really my place to share on here but that was like really quite a lot and it was very difficult and heartbreaking and traumatic in its own so like dealing with that on its own was difficult enough but like then on top of losing George and all of the other stressors that came with that year with the pandemic my boss at the time 
being racist and then firing me for not agreeing with a racist comment. Uh, all of these things happened either leading up to George's death or follow in the months following, and it was like a very, very difficult year for me, like a really, really hard year. And this year hasn't been easy either, but at least it's been better. But yeah, no one can fathom what people are going through or what it's like without knowing, and I think one of the problems that people need to realize online is that there's a certain lack of empathy that a lot of people experience where they're more willing to judge others situations um, because they feel like they know enough to do so and then they'll judge it maliciously and make comments that aren't necessary like people could have made all these comments that they said but they could have done it in a private group chat where I didn't have to see it there is no reason for any of the stuff that was brought to me in this malicious way to have been put online where I needed to see it there is no reason for it um I would understand in situations where the person's, like, actively being abusive. Like, if George was going necrotic and had sawed his leg off, and I was selfishly trying to keep him alive so that I could put, like, a prosthetic on him or something, people would have had the right to be judgmental and say something in those cases. But it wasn't ever a situation where he was actively suffering and unable to, like, enjoy basic tasks throughout life, like eating, laying down, playing with Banksy, hanging out, wandering around the field, and just living his life. And if at any point he had done that earlier, I would have euthanized him earlier and as soon as he could no longer do that and he tanked we euthanized him right away and we gave the medicine a, ch a chance and when it didn't when the marquee clearly showed it wasn't going to work we made the decision immediately and got the vet out there immediately to do it and I think that this is the case for a lot of people, like, honestly, even in cases where people might wait a little too long, like, with elderly animals and stuff, within reason, you have to be understanding, because the people are dealing with an immense loss. If the animal isn't actively suffering for prolonged periods of time, you have to be gentle with people, because they're experiencing loss. And... There are a lot of cases where people may wait a little too long, and even in this case, yes, we did wait too long from the standpoint of it would have been way better if we'd euthanized him prior to him being unable to get up again, but leading up until that point, he had been able to, and he was still, like, eating, running around, and playing with Banksy, even though he was wonky, and he could still lay down and get back up and have naps with his friends, and he was still enjoying his life leading up to that point. And I do wish that we would have been able to make the decision before that so that he didn't have to spend any moment alone like that. And I regret it. And that's why I didn't share what had actually happened until now, because people were already judging me so much and already saying that I'd made a selfish decision and caused undue suffering because of not euthanizing him earlier than I did. And I didn't want to share the last few moments of his life for that reason, because I knew that it would just give them more reason to, but now at least I've had a little bit longer to heal, and if those people want to continue 
being malicious and cruel they can do so but they'll have to do so knowing how they make people feel and i wanted to make this video being as emotional as i am and talking about it well it's bothering me and fresh in my mind because i think it's important because this is the very type of behavior that bullies people off of the internet and results in suicide and other mental health issues and we don't want people to die from depression or other stuff we don't want people to feel alone and isolated isolated in their struggling and we don't want to blame people and make them feel responsible for misfortunes in their life when they already struggle with extreme anxiety and are dealing with hard decisions because it could be very very hard for people to overcome that and for some people they might be closer to their breaking point than I was but I don't want those people to ever experience what I went through and with how I had to deal with George's death in the public eye like I did. I don't want anyone else to experience that, not even the people who were cruel to me. I would not want them to go through that. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. I wouldn't behave towards my worst enemy like this. And again, like, I realize I can be abrupt and blunt regarding, like, abuse issues and stuff, but I think there's a really key difference between someone doing something for their horse out of malice and someone trying to do it because they care for them. And in his case, he had a tree disease that a lot of horses do come back from and we had a chance that he was gonna get better and our vet thought that there is a chance i had straight up asked my vet i said if you think that there's not a good chance and if he's at high risk of something bad happening to him if we wait i'll euthanize him now but if you think that there's a, a chance that treatment could work i want to try it and we decided to try treatment because he thought that there is a chance that we could see significant relief from the marquee if it was the EPM that was harming him. And that's why I did it. So while I understand that for like abuse and neglect purposes, people do need to be transparent online and call it out for what it is, I would say that there are enough cases where people will violently judge others simply because they don't like the person who is experiencing a problem and they'll use that inherent bias as a reason to justify cruelty in situations where the horse isn't actively suffering isn't being neglected or abused like at no point were george's needs neglected at all points we were in contact with the vets actively updating them on his condition daily doing everything we could to keep him stable and people don't have to agree with how I would have voted and they could have said like they would have euthanized him earlier if that if he was their horse and they're totally entitled to that but to suggest for a second that I didn't love that horse and didn't have his best interests at heart is so unfair and like I said with the hindsight that I have now of course I would do things differently but I didn't have that at that point and now I know better and I'm trying to do better that's why with Harlow I gave her so much time off and have done such a slow relaxed start with her and that's why going forward with my new thoroughbreds I'm going to be way more conscious of soundness issues and really look into the best ways to dealing with them and try to use be more cautious surrounding surgeries maybe look into more different surgeons if I ever find myself in this same position because I never want a horse to have to get put under twice like he did or have to stay at the vet as long as he did um, because of having to get put under twice and so on and so forth. I've learned valuable lessons for this that I can now take with me to make my new horse's situations better and to not make rookie mistakes next time I experience any issues like this. And that's all I could really say is that like 
Yeah, like, I stand by everything I say with people looking further into their horse's behavior and trying to do whatever they can to rule out behavioral issues from pain. But what I also want to say, just from the standpoint of people trying to be a little less hard on each other, is that you it is still possible to be actively consulting with a vet and actually looking into issues and then still miss finding certain issues. Um, for example, in George's necropsy, he had an OCD lesion in his right stifle. No, not right stifle, his left stifle. But all of the lameness issues that he started having were coming from the right stifle. Um, so we it, were mostly imaging that leg and doing a full lameness workup on that leg, and then we would have missed the left stifle all these other times that he would have been imaged. And I feel guilty about that, that it was found in his necropsy. But with that said, a lot of horses can have these issues that come up after death where you find them and that they showed no inkling of bothering them in life and even if there might have been an inkling here or there if it's a minor enough thing it can be really hard to actually sit down and find it even if you're really well intentioned and have your horse's best interests at heart because horses are really good at masking things and you can find a lot of false positives or issues that you think are the problem before you find what the real problem might be so basically all I'm saying is to try to go easy on yourselves and others and use caution with like how you go at people because there are situations where people absolutely do things out of neglect um, and selfishness like I, I've seen it where there's instances that I would say with vet work that there has been this but the instances that I would call neglect are instances where people watch their animal actively fail and go septic for like a full 12 to 24 hours uh, especially with young babies this happened locally within the last couple of years where someone had a newborn foal that started getting feverish and very sick and opted to not call the vet until the next day and with young babies especially stuff like this it's a situation where you can't wait on it and that's a situation where i would say it's selfish and neglectful to not call because waiting on a fever in a young baby can be the difference between life or death and in this case it was the baby died and even still, like, all you could really do in that situation is try to educate someone so that they don't make the same mistake. Like, try to punish them if they're already grieving something doesn't really work because deep down they probably know it's their fault even if they don't admit it or not. Like, I feel guilty to this day for how George had to spend his last couple of hours and people trying to bully me online and call me selfish or claim that I killed him never changed that. I already felt bad enough on my own. They just made me feel shittier. So here's your lesson to not do that to anyone else because it's a shitty thing to do. And some people have way too many triggers stacked and you could be the straw that broke the camel's back. And I would like to think that everyone on here, including the people who have been cruel to me, isn't so cruel that they'd actually want to cause physical harm and lifelong trauma to someone. So I wanted to share this to be transparent about the not nice nature of losing animals in your life because it can be really shitty and traumatic and I know that I don't just speak for myself I know there's lots of people who can relate to this happening and can relate to how awful it is being with an animal those last few moments when they're dying um I've I've only done it once with one of my own horses but I've had to do it a few times um with other people's horses with borders horses um to be present when they're there and they're taking their last few breaths before being euthanized and it's awful 
it's it, it's the worst feeling ever and it sucks with george at least it was like really peaceful in that like he was gone very fast after he got the lethal injection like he was ready he was ready to go and he was gone fast and as peacefully as it could be but yeah so that's the full story of what happened and my anxieties surrounding the whole situation and my guilt and this is just the lesson to say that even when people are making decisions that might not make full sense to you consider the fact that they might not make full sense to you because you've not been privy to the entire story as a stranger and also consider the fact that like people who are on a learning curve might need to experience something to be able to learn fully enough to make a better decision next time and now that I've done that I would definitely do things differently like if I ever return to the thoroughbred makeover it's gonna be much much different and I'll probably be anal retentive about any exposure to anything like we already cleaned and sanitized our buckets and he didn't spend a ton of time outside in Kentucky other than when he was being supervised by people because obviously at the showground you can't turn them out so I personally don't fully know where he would have gotten it because he had all of his own buckets the entire time he was hauling over even when he laid over but obviously there's potential and it's not the fault of anyone else and it's not like anyone who is hauling him or caring for him in the U.S. would have failed him in that way but it's just one of those things where I think given how like short of a time he spent there I would have been surprised if he got exposed there especially with how quickly he went downhill following that but again we'll never know the necropsy didn't tell us enough I'm never gonna know there's not really any point in continuing to wonder I just wanted to share the full story for people who knew him and yeah just share a little bit about what actually happened and just that like I'm gonna try to um, come back and do more stuff on social media and do more videos of my own horses and just kind of go back to like being able to enjoy my horses more and be less busy and relax more because I've been really stressed and really busy and I've been spending a lot of time working with client horses because I have no time and I barely have any time to spend with my own horses so that's something I really want to go back to in the new year um and I think it'll make me a lot happier that I can do more of my YouTube videos and stuff there because I do like being honest and sharing like what horse ownership is really like because I think it makes people who are going through these things feel less alone because then they realize that not everyone online is just trying to like hide or omit information to appear perfect to try to avoid the types of criticism that I experienced in this situation um but yeah so um, I, I would like to go back to doing more of that in the new year, and I hope that this made some people feel less alone, and like I said, like, I'm constantly changing and growing as a horse person, so even within the last two years, like, what I've learned from experiences that I've had is gonna be something that I take with me, um, uh, in the future, and continue to learn from, and not make the same mistakes, because that's what I've done my whole career as a horse person is sometimes you have to make the mistake first in order to learn from it and now that I've been through a situation like this I could consider what I would change for next time if I ever find myself in a similar scenario and I guarantee you I will because it's not that this was an enjoyable experience if there was any way I could have saved that horse or made his life less painful uh 
I would have, but the good thing, I guess, about a neurological issue like this is he wasn't in any physical pain. It was just that his body wasn't listening to what he was telling it to do, um, which made it a lot easier in at least his last few weeks to have him live a nice, normal, happy life until the last day. And I will regret that again for the rest of my life. Um, so don't worry about it. You guys don't need to fucking remind me how shitty I am anymore. Uh, but no. Uh, I hope that this comes across the feed of some of the people who have engaged in this behavior because I kind of do want you guys to feel bad because you should. Uh, you should never treat anyone like that again because I know damn well you would never ever want that to be directed at yourselves, which is largely probably why most people like this never share much about their horses because they don't want people weighing in and judging their decisions because it would be hurtful to them. So consider that if you wouldn't want this happening to you and if it would make you feel shitty to have gone through something similar while you're losing a horse that you really care about consider how that feels and maybe take that with you next time before you decide to treat someone like garbage uh, because you never know what people are going through and it's honestly not worth it and anyways thank you for listening and this is kind of my garbage fake podcast phone call fake speaker no microphone making milestones but not making a good podcast uh, anyways yeah thank you today i was just going through stuff and these are just some thoughts that i had because i've been thinking about it more and this was rather cathartic so i think that this is a good thing even though i cried and i was sad and now my nose is all stuffed up and i sound funny i think it's cathartic to get that off my chest and just say my thoughts so whether people listen to this or not it's mostly for me and i don't really care but if anyone else can feel better from listening to this if they've gone through something similar then I've done something right. So, yeah, to those of you who have gone something, through something similar and may experience the same type of guilt, I feel you. It sucks, but just remember that you did the best you could and your heart was in the right place, even if you could have foreseen the future to plan the perfect death that time around. And planning the perfect death for a youngster that is going long before their time is a really hard decision to make because you never want to make it too early if you think that you could actually save them. So just be gentle with yourselves and have a good day, guys. Thank you for listening.